0: Hi, I'm Mark Tucker. Hey there, I'm Alan Furstenberg, and we are Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs, going into a new year, Alan. Oh, always looking forward to, to the new year, because that means new stuff, like what we, uh, you know, hopefully what we talked about in the last episode. Yeah. Um, so, you know, always, always looking forward to uh, new years, new beginnings, new stuff. Yep. And, uh, you know, along with the new stuff, you know, we talked about how you've been playing with widgets, you've been publishing some new widgets for Alexa. And a couple of weeks ago, um, just before the new year, you published a YouTube video, kind of uh, laying the groundwork for widgets, shall we say? Yeah, I'm,
1: there's been enough people um, have asking about it. And you've told me that people have been asking about widgets. And I've I've wanted to talk about widgets, but you know we're kind of stuck in this period where it's a it's a preview. There's only a handful of developers that are actively creating widgets, though the number of widgets in the widget store are have grown by at least fifty percent over the last uh, couple of months. Uh, we're up to probably what thirty five ish um, widgets um, at the at this time, and there could be more by the time this video is out. Um, and so, I feel like there's interest, and there's. But I was trying to answer the question: What could I do today to get me ready for widgets as a developer? And that's kind of how I, I approached the uh, the video, and I came up with eight things that we could do, um, even if you don't have access to the documentation and the you know the all the preview stuff that that I've been working on for the last uh, you know two or three months. That there are things that you can do today that will help get you ready so that when that does happen, you can be, you know, really quick into the the widget gallery with your own widgets for the skills that you've got.
0: So so we'll link to that video below. And I don't want us to to go repeat all of them, but it it certainly raised a whole bunch of issues that I had, and I'm sure other people have as well. <laughs> um, but kind of maybe the the first place to start is, Exactly, what is a widget in 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 the Alexa world?
1: Oh, all right. So in the in the Alexa world, a widget is limited to Echo Show devices, and it's actually limited to a subset of Echo Show devices. Um, so the, the main range of of, of Echo devices that um, that have a display from small to large would be an Echo Show 5, an Echo Show 8, an Echo Show 10, and an Echo Show 15. So that's kind of the range. Um, um, there was like there was the newer spa, and there was the original Echo Show and Echo Show version 2, but we're gonna kind of not worry about those for right now. And there's Spire TV that's got um ability to to accept APL. Um but really the the main ones that we care about are Echo Show 15. Um, eight and ten. Okay, um, those are the ones that 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 have widgets. And widgets are display devices that are associated with a skill, and they allow you to either get into the skill quickly, um, like with a, with a button press, or more likely, it's going to surface content from your skill to uh, to tease people back into your skill. But the interesting thing is that a widget. Um, Shows up in the widget gallery, whether you have the skill enabled or not. So it could even be your first introduction into a skill.
0: Wait, wait, Okay. You, you, yeah. So you can install a widget without installing the skill.
1: Well, you can see the widget in the widget gallery, even if you don't have the skill enabled.
0: Okay. Let's take a step back. Okay. It's the widget gallery.
1: All right. All right. So, so widgets are little UI portions of a screen on an Echo Show 15. There's actually a prominent place on the screen that's always there that will show up to six widgets at a time.
0: Takes up half um, the screen, right?
1: Takes up basically half the screen or two thirds of the screen. Um, and each of those widgets is associated with, with one skill. So, okay. So th- now ask your question again.
0: Okay. Okay. So, no, 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 because that launches more questions. Oh, um, no. Okay. Go on, go on. So, when you say each widget takes up some portion of the screen, yeah. what is it showing in there? Well, what does it
1: show inside that? Okay. So, I'll walk through a couple of examples of some widgets. How's that?
0: Okay. That, so, that sounds
1: good. So, there's a weather widget. Um, that Amazon puts out, and there's also an Alexa champion that has created an Alexa skill called Big Sky, which is does weather. But on this weather widget, you could have uh, information for your zip code that could show high and low temperatures, uh, precipitation. So it could show, you know, some information on on the screen, so you could glance and see what the weather was uh, in your area then you okay. also have the ability if you so create this into your widget the ability to launch the skill so that you could see a bigger version of that um you know and and hear more information so it's 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 kind of a small glimpse or a summary of some information or content that you've got in your skill that you want people to be able to see when they're outside of the skill experience. Um even like like walk by and glance and see it or you know so it's uh
0: so it's, it's so it's it's a portion of the screen that's displayed and updated and controlled by your skill somehow. And we'll get to that in a second. Yeah and, and, it, and
1: it could be display only information or it could be interactive.
0: Interactive in what sense?
1: You could uh scroll a list of things. You could oh, okay. select an item in a list which could then cause some action. You could click on a button, you know, tap a button on the screen, swipe a panel to go through certain uh, uh, list of things. there's, there is interactivity. So you have carousels,
0: you have lists, you have. Okay. um, And pressing a button can, you know, I assume it can do stuff on inside the widget itself, but that's also what can launch the widget or or launch the skill or send something to the skill.
1: Yes so there's basically if okay. you've got a button it basically does three things. you could have a button that just does something in the APL so it's all running local. There's something where you can you know tap a button or tap an item on, on the screen and that could send something back to the back end, but it just updates something in the back end but the widget is still the still there or the third option is is that it could launch the skill which then takes over the whole screen. With the skill, and then when you exit the skill, then it goes back to the the, um, the main kind of home screen of uh, of the device, and you see that split screen again with your your you know kind of Echo Show, standard Echo Show screen on the left, okay, and your widgets on the right.
0: Okay, so you you now gotten another question out of me, um, but first I want to kind of follow up and you said you know so you said the the second thing was that it could send something to a skill and that's using the exact same mechanics that we currently have in place with with events in a skill correct so um yeah so
1: apl has the the ability to have buttons and when you tap a button it could do something just in the apl locally or it could send a command you know a send event that that sends something to the this the skill code running in the cloud that does something. So that's that same thing's available um, for widgets as well.
0: Okay. Now you've said this twice now, so I and I've uh, I assume this is true. Um, the widget is just APL. A widget is just APL.
1: There's there's you know there's the, okay. like how do you install or uninstall a widget? That's there's some stuff that goes along with that. There are some um, new components that came out with APL that supports widgets um, that that you know haven't been announced yet, but that will help you in your development of widgets. But in the end, it's it's still the same architecture of APL. Um, so if you know APL today, then you're not going to be surprised um, about uh, creating widgets. It's going to be the same thing.
0: Okay, so. I, I, I'm willing to bet most people will, or many people will be confused by this because normally we associate APL as something that comes dip back with a directive as mm-hmm. part of a skill. How are you? How do you? I don't know. How do you send this APL without <laughs> a skill sending it?
1: Oh,
0: that's.
1: Yeah, I don't know how much I can say on that end, but you need you need a skill in order to have a widget. So, I can tell you what I did for example on some of my skills. I've got I mean some of my widgets. I have like a magic ball, coin flip um and so if you go into the Alexa skill store, you can find my skill called Show Widgets. That's the name of the skill. And if you actually say, Alexa, open show widgets, my skill, the only thing it does is gives you a message that says to install the widgets, find it in the widget gallery. So... Okay. I So the skill has to be there, and the skill is involved with installing and uninstalling the widget. So any code that would... Um, would be needed to install and dis- uh, install and uninstall to send those directives back still comes from the skill but it's a section of the skill code that just has to do with widgets
0: okay so it sounds like an event or something is triggered mm-hmm. when you install a widget you know your your webhook gets called with something the, yeah. And it's expected to send back APL.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, so when you uh, similarly with a skill, when you enable a skill and disable a skill, then you get an event from Amazon from Alexa saying, you know, the skill's been uh, enabled, the skill's been disabled. So it's it's similar in that is in that same vein. It's just now additional ones specific to widgets.
0: Okay. Um, I think I'm sure I've got more questions there, which I will ask in a minute. But you've mentioned (laughs) now a couple of times the widget gallery. What is the widget gallery? Okay. So
1: the widget gallery is the place where all of the widgets can be found. So if if you're thinking of like a store paradigm, you go to the Lexus Skill Store to see all the skills that are available to enable. You go to the App Store to see all the mobile apps that are allowed to be installed. You go to the Widget Gallery to see all the widgets that you're able to add to your device.
0: Okay. If you install a skill that has a widget, you still have to go to the Widget Gallery separately.
1: Yes, because what you're doing is you're saying, I want to install this widget on this device. And you could have... That same widget installed on multiple devices in your same household. You could even potentially have the same widget installed multiple times on one device
0: if you wanted to. I can see why you would want to. That's obvious to me. How you do so, how, so really in that case, all you do is go back to the widget gallery and say, install again. Yeah.
1: And they'll say, oh, you already have it installed. Do you want to install another one? And you're like, yeah.
0: Okay. I guess that suggests. Well, I guess that suggests that there's a way to configure each individual widget and to tell the widgets apart inside their configuration. But I imagine you don't care. I mean, you don't need to know that you've got two running on a device because you as the developer don't care about that, right? Well, I could.
1: If I want the same experience, if I want every widget in the household to have exactly the same content and the same experience, then I don't care. I can just say update all the widgets, but I could care and say, just update the content for this one widget. Okay. Or just update the content for this other widget. So So I could conceptually
0: have. So widgets know what device they're running on.
1: Uh, Do they know what device they're running on? It's more that when they get installed, they get a unique identifier. A widget gets a unique identifier. So then, when you update the widget, you can say update the widget with this identifier.
0: Okay. So, and so, do you know you know which account installed the widget though? Y-
1: yeah. Okay. Um, because because this a skill has to be installed with an account. Right. And so.
0: Well, hang on. Yeah. Yes, a skill has to be installed with an account, but does a widget have to be installed with an account? Yes. Okay. So, if I get and and when I install it, do I get the that unique identifier? Yes. Okay. So I could say, hey, I know that Mark has installed my this widget three times. Yes. Okay. And I can see uses for this. This is that was not you know that, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, okay, so we've got a widget which is a part of a, a, a new part of an Echo Show screen. Where is it? So, so where does it show? I know on the on the fifteen, you said that it takes up about half, two thirds of the screen. Yeah. What what does the eight and ten do?
1: Um, the eight and the ten. So the place that a widget gets installed to when you say install this widget is, I've heard it called the widget panel the favorites panel, the favorite widgets panel. I've heard it called multiple things, but it's 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 where your installed widgets live. So this widget panel um, will either be in a permanent spot on the Echo Show 15 or on the 8 and the 10. You can swipe from the right and you'll see a panel come out that has your widgets on it.
0: Okay, that's disappointing, but okay.
1: Yeah, I've seen some examples or at least... Some there was some original ideas going around you know a year ago that there would be certain times where you could just be sitting there and if, if the screen was idle then maybe the widgets panel will just kind of fly out and give you a little peek about what's going on in there. I haven't seen that on my Echo Show two, which is the only other device that I've got that has that would support widgets at this point. So I don't know um, if that's a limitation of the Echo Show version two, or if if they're still kind of trying to figure out that UX portion.
0: Okay. So we have something that will display things using APL. Yep. It displays it either on in the, the widget panel, which may or may not be shown, depending on what model you have. To install a new one, you go to the widget gallery. Yes. So far, so good. Oh, and they are... Connected to a skill, but in strange ways, it seems like. <laughs> no, I, and I, you know, that's not a criticism. That's a. I yeah. mean, they're attached to a skill, but you don't, you know, the skill isn't necessarily doing anything. And
1: well, it could skill, be. I
0: mean, like I've, I've it, got,
1: yeah, I, I've got a skill called Busy Timers that I'm working on. That's that allows you to add timers and um and give it a duration and a name and an optional um emoji and and you can use that with a you know a non-screen device you can use it with a uh an Echo Show device um and then there's a widget that goes along with it too that would show you the, the content it's all the code is contained in my skill and okay um so it's it, it The typical case is that that you're adding widgets onto an existing skill, you know, one or more widgets onto an existing skill to add functionality um, and to support the widget. Okay,
0: that makes some sense. Um, So one of the things, though, that I know has confused me for a long time when it comes to APL in general and... I'd be lying if I said it didn't confuse me even more now. Okay, is that there is no code in APL? So, like when we when we think of a web page, we have, you know, a a uh, a framework component, and that's the HTML. We have a rendering component, and that's the CSS, and we have a code component, and that's JavaScript. Right. And the three of them kind of work together in different ways to do everything that needs to be done. But you know when when updates are done it's usually the javascript that changes the 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 dom in html to render things differently. But you don't have that in APL. Well, you kind of
1: you kind of do and you kind of don't. So I mean, it's I, I, definitely there. There's definitely a portion of APL which is you know very akin to HTML. You've got you know, you know even more, right. so, no, no. more so like so, kind so. of newer frameworks, something like Vue or Angular that that are componentized, and you've got and say this portion of the screen is is this type of component, and I'm going to wire up data to this component. If you kind of think of like a single page application, then APL has a very SPA feel to it. Um, Because you can, there's a portion where you can say, here's my JSON data document that's associated with my APL document, and there's binding. And so you can can repeat portions of your component tree based off of your data bindings, and it can pull values out.
0: I see. I feel like that's the component that, or that's the the element of APL that I feel like is least clear or at least clearly discussed. And I've only slowly started to wrap my head around it as I've um, looked into some of this more, you know. So we say that APL, you know, APL is a clear map of uh, HTML and CSS. It, it combines the two into its own language. I think what's less clear is that this, this data binding component is very similar to what you see in things like um, React and Vue and Angular, yep. right. so right. that if you want to change something on the page, in, HT, in, in on the web, you would have JavaScript make those changes. In APL, what you would do is you would just change the data. Somehow,
1: Yeah, so you could, yeah, you, you could change that, you, you can bind to original data or you can update. Um, so the parts that APL adds that that kind of make it more, you know, kind of pull more of the JavaScript type stuff into that kind of, you know, trifecta of uh, what you need to make a, an active UI, you know, system um, is that there are certain functions that you can call. Um, which are very similar to JavaScript functions to, you know, there's a whole slew of math functions. So you can do random numbers, you can do ceiling floor. um, And they're very, they're very akin to, uh, to JavaScript. Um, It's not JavaScript because you have to actually um, include these functions inside of the, the binding syntax. Um, So there's a, there's certain way to say this, this, Right here is like a, a a data binding expression, and instead of just like show me this field from the the data document, I want you to actually wrap that field by this function, and you know you've got ternary operators, so you've got some you've got some ability to do coding inside of um, inside of this data binding. Um, Can you write your own functions? You cannot. Okay. So well, that's not in addition ones. to that, there's this ability to um, there's there's places where um, like every component has an on mount that when that component is rendered on the screen, the on mount gets called. Or if you've got a button but what can there, on mount do? There could be it could, it could call commands now. Um, so there's a list of of commands that you can call. Like one of them would be set value. So you could say I want you to set the uh, the the um, I don't know opacity value of component you know uh, text a certain text component to zero so you can hide so
0: something. basically you know so you can say when you show one component you make another component disappear and vice versa you have ways to do toggling and other okay I I get that but again that 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 goes back to the I I think the the thing that I feel like people will have the most trouble grasping is that it's all about manipulating the data. You've got a data object that you're manipulating in some ways, and depending on how you change that data object, what gets rendered will change. Yes. Good. Which leads to the next question of, if you've, and this is where the widgets come in, If you've got widgets, yes, I I get, you can change, but you can press a button and that'll change your data binding. But how do you get other data into it? Like on JavaScript, if I was doing this in JavaScript, my JavaScript function would periodically go check a weather site for data and update the local data components. And that would re-render things.
1: Okay. All right, sure. But so, you don't have
0: that in, in APL or widgets. Yeah. So
1: so in APL, you've got two main pieces. You've got the document itself, which is the APL with all of its code, its events, its commands, its bindings, it's all that all the stuff. And then you've got a, an initial data document that you can render.
0: Okay. All right. So, and, and I, so, so this and this is the same as, as we get currently with skills. That yeah. they can send APL That, that part and is data exactly
1: document. exactly the same. Now you'll want to watch the video because there is a portion where they're going to show you some additional like APL um, that that uh, could be used for what something that's called the data store. Now the data store is actually like a mini database that is on the device that is related to a specific widget.
0: And by specific widget, we mean a widget by its ID.
1: Oh, I have to think. I would have to think through that again. Uh, but I, I would say, I would say yes. Okay. Typically, I'd, I'd have to go back and see what kind of. I'd have to scrutinize. I won't hold you that one to it. Okay. The context of that, but generally, the the next part that you need to know is that you can take what was bound the old way, kind of static binding or binding at the time of render. And you can take that list, in this case, like busy timers is a list of timer objects. So I can take that list of timer objects out of the data structure that I've got today and put it into the data store. So what happens is that I could call some API call that would have some information in it that would say, this is what I want you to update the data store on the device with. So, go ahead.
0: You, in this case, when you say you can call some API, you yes. mean like a server somewhere can call an API? Some
1: backend system Ooh, okay. So, you could have like some process that does something, like maybe you've got some process that goes through um, I I don't know how the we- the weather widget does this, but let's assume that maybe there's some place where there's a master list of everybody that has um, this widget installed and what the widget ID is, um, and and they know what the the zip code is for that particular you know widget, and so there could be some process that gets called once an hour, once a, every you know. 20 minutes something that would go through and call an API call to update every one of those widgets um yeah it's it gets a little crazy i i don't know i haven't done anything that complicated so i don't know there might be some tricks to it that but but in essence you would call this API call that would update the data store for for a widget and that would automatically like refresh the data and the binding that was already there to the data would now have the new data.
0: Okay. On one sense, that's cool. Yeah. Because that's that's something that is traditionally very hard to do. And that's essentially pushing data down to a local device. Yeah. So that's really awesome. And you know, it it you know, it reminds me of a bunch of, of technologies like Firestore, for example. Yeah um on the other hand, that's a scaling nightmare it could it could be um
1: depending on how you do it now the most complicated that I have had is that um I I do that like with an interaction with the skill so like if I were to go into the skill and say add a new timer, then that updates right. my my skill my user data store and it also calls I, I've got, that the skill knows which widgets were installed for this skill and has a list of them, and so then it makes the API call, and and updates the the widgets with with a new list that includes the the new timer that just got added.
0: Right, but um, I'm thinking of something like you know my portfolio widget. You know, if I want a constant updated number and stream. Yep. throughout the day of how my portfolio is doing or how a particular stock is doing. That means it's pushing down that information every minute, every five minutes.
1: Yeah, and so- And,
0: that, and it's doing that for how many people?
1: So that's where, um, where you have to plan out what your widget's going to do just because a widget could potentially do something it may not be the right thing to do or it may be cost prohibitive to do so you kind of have to think about you know like i don't know how often the weather widget updates that's kind of the best example that i've got of the existing widgets is the weather widget needs to be updated on a you know regular basis for a specific zip code so I don't know how often that gets updated or how you know challenging that is or what, you know, what thresholds there are for updating uh, those values. Um, so, you know, I, I, I don't have that experience, so I really can't talk to that. But you could, depending on the use case, you might say, well, you know, a up to the minute stock, you know, quote, may not be feasible. I, like a history, you know, kind of like a, something that's going to keep track of something over time may not be feasible. Updating your stock portfolio once an hour might be feasible to do in a widget. So you have to kind of, you have to start thinking about how complicated or costly could it get and what constraints are we run into when you design your widgets because you you could, you could get yourself into a world of hurt depending on what you're trying to do.
0: Well, that's kind of what I'm worried about here is unless they start issuing, well, and I guess the related question is, is there a rate limit on how often you call the API to push down an update? There is. Uh, And
1: so that's, I, I think, I think Amazon's covered themselves as far as that goes, but um but that might not be the user experience that you want to give, um, you know, to to your users. But I I think there's enough functionality there that widgets have have a huge you know huge upside uh, to oh, it. I, I that look- you may you may not be able to do these crazy things like a real time you know uh, something that you would do with like an event bus or something like that. I don't I don't think you're going to be able to do that um but periodically update data yeah you could do that
0: well for some definition of periodically apparently yeah i mean you know again you know whatever the rate limit is how well does it scale if you know if you've got uh a million users is is the rate limit even going to let you send it to a million users even if they're distributed evenly across a day i i don't know yeah and you're not going to tell me the rate limit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't
1: know it off the top of my head, and I don't know what
0: you know state it's currently in if it's you know if they're yeah. still
1: negotiating that. So
0: that's I don't know. The, like I said, on the one hand, I think it's really really awesome sounding, and I think it's a, a really impressive way to handle the issue. Yeah. Um, but. I'm I worry about how well it scales you know you're you're scaling a server process rather than scaling an API. I mean the like I said the 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 other way to do it is you put it completely on the client side and your client JavaScript you know hits an API every so often and we know how to scale those and we know how to limit those um I guess we know how to limit. A server process as well, but I worry what that does for the experience.
1: Yeah, it will be interesting to see how that yeah. that turns out.
0: Anyway, didn't mean to to get too far in the weeds on that <laughs> one. Um, but no, I, I, you know, I think the data binding notion is an interesting solution to this problem here. It's very really impressive yeah. to see. Um, so okay, we we've covered what widgets are we've covered what the widget gallery is we've talked about where widgets get displayed and how they're displayed and we've talked about how they get updated right and we've talked about what they can do anything else oh let's
1: see and then you definitely need to use learn apl um and there's you know there's a couple of links in the in the video that that you know shows to a different video series that I did on on apl um Alexa has also some some uh, new videos uh, courses that they put out new course. I don't think it's actually video. Um, a course on on APL that you can follow. Uh, definitely, you want to uh, create an account with APL Ninja because that's going to allow you to you know create your APL, see what it looks like on a widget size canvas, um, and uh, interact with it and start playing with it. You can just start you know creating it. Uh, using the data tab to add your data, and you, you can move the the data that needs to go into a uh, uh, into a data store later. After you know, but you can play with uh, and kind of design out and play with and get things going. You could you know basically
0: create most of your widget today with the tools that are out there. Wow! Uh, and uh, then, it... the, sorry, that suddenly clicked. That APL Ninja has already been updated with the widget sizings
1: yes has been wow. for probably about a year so wow okay yeah so you can create widget sized apl components today and start thinking through what your ui is going to look like and kind of how it function uh what, you know and what the functionality since, is
0: and since a widget sized a- and, and since a widget is just apl you're basically you're building your widgets today
1: yeah you're building your widgets today there's going to be stuff that you have to add as far as like how do i um, install update and delete um, a a widget, and how do I register a widget so that it shows up in the widget gallery? You know, kind of where's my my metadata that's you know gives me the description of what the widget is and um, any images that go along with that. Um, so there's there's you know some other things that you'll have to add, but the main widget functionality you can create today.
0: Wow. Uh, and okay. Start,
1: start playing around with that, and at least mock it up with some fake data, you know, static data to make sure that it's doing what you want it to do and looking like you want. And then you'll just kind of do the last 20% when, when uh, you actually get access to
0: the
1: documentation. So,
0: so people can get started with it today. They can. There's no reason why they can't. Very cool. Anything else?
1: Uh, No, I I guess if you have questions, ask me and I'll answer as as much as I feel like I can, or I'll try to point you to something that's already out there publicly. or if you want me to, you know, you want you're kind of excited about what you're working on and want to send me a link to uh, via APL Ninja, even a private link, I could take a peek at what you're doing and, you know, give you some feedback if I think, uh, you know, something needs to be different. Part of it's going to be figuring out what the navigation paradigms are going to be. A simple a simple one page widget is is pretty easy. But what if there's got to be multiple screens and some sort of interaction? What does that look like? And how do you, you know, do you really want to do that in a widget? Or in some cases, does it make sense? And and most of it is just getting used to using widgets and seeing what's out there and, and seeing what UIs um, you like and try to f- start figuring out what your user interface is going to be for your
0: widgets. So very cool. Um, and I guess the final question is going to be, uh, have they announced a date for it to be released yet to, to go no. public?
1: I have okay I have no clue. <laughs> I okay.
0: know that uh
1: that you know there are people that are making widgets and I've got some more widget ideas that I'm working on. So in the coming weeks and months, I'll be creating some additional widgets. Um so just keep uh keep an eye out for uh anything that has Shazamel design. That's my little you know one man side company that I do fund things like this with, and uh, you can give me any feedback you want
0: on the widgets that are out there or ask questions, whatever you want. Very cool. Looking forward to uh, to hearing more, and I'm sure you know if people have questions, they can find you on Twitter, on LinkedIn, the yep. comments below, of course. Um, and I look forward to discussing this more, both from from feedback we get from people and when it finally goes live uh, on Two Voice Devs. Two voice devs. Take care, Alan. Take care, Mark. Have a great week. All right, you too.